Oh, you started a podcast about kids' movies as an adult? You must be so well-adjusted and emotionally stable. We watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman. This show is not for kids, so turn this off and prepare a baggie of plain Cheerios. <laughs> so, oh, you like that, Ryan? Yeah. So, uh, I said one of their names, so I might as well introduce both of them. Today is a rare uh, double doozy with uh, <laughs> my Oompa Loompa Doopity Dudes. Um, I thought that when I was watching the movie, so I had to include it as quickly as possible. Uh, they are the co-hosts of the Moviegoers podcast, and they are also uh, two very good friends of mine. The, we work on Temple Smash together. Please welcome Jake Siegelbaum and Ryan Nilsson. Yay! Yay. I'm glad to be here. I'm Ryan. He said my name first, too. I know. Yeah, because I was looking at you. It's new. You were listed Exciting. first. Reverse alphabetical. Um, <laughs> well, you know, if you're first with Willy Wonka, though, that's not good. You're probably going to, like, leave when you're yeah, last. Yeah, you're going to hear that You flute. get the chocolate factory. Okay. Wait, but, um, so, uh, Willy so Wonka. for those of you who are listening to the, uh, to this podcast for the first time, this is also the first time that I'm explaining the podcast even further, but, um, so I have guests on every week and we talk about the best and worst in kids entertainment and, uh, which one of you chose, uh, Willy Wonka? I did. You did? So why, um, t- talk me through kind of your reasoning. Well, okay. Before, I mean, I rewatched it today, but before that, I probably haven't seen it in like 10 years or something, but I remember just loving it, watching it so many times when I was really little. And like I say, like I don't typically like musicals at all, and I love this film, so it kind of stood out. I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't think of this as a musical film, but then again, I was, I sat down and watched it like four hours ago, and I was surprised at how many songs there were in it that I forgot existed. There are a bunch. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Do you have a history of this movie? Yeah. Well, when Jake brought it up, at first I was like, no, 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 because my immediate memory of it was not the best because I remember uh, I remember being really excited for the Tim Burton one to come out and just rewatching the Gene Wilder one a lot and like it was weird associating them separately because originally it was just like there was one and now there's two but uh I hadn't seen in probably like three years I remember the last time I watched it was with one of my best friends from high school and like midway through we were shocked at how many things we misremembered about it yeah just like a lot of adult themes too and just scary stuff so like i rewatched it immediately and i remember why i loved it and also why and just some other stuff as well that i'll probably get into yeah Yeah, we'll definitely get into that i will i do want to speak on your point about um kind of misremembering it watching this movie first of all i didn't realize like how quick it is like first of all it's 35 minutes of just this weird bland shanty town that I thought was Britain and then it was Germany like it was shot in Germany very confusing and then the tour itself is like really fast yeah like the 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 whole Mike TV is within the last 10 minutes of the movie which is an hour 40 the movie's an hour 40 but it it, it speeds along but you don't know where it is because the accents we we were just talking about that while watching it they fluctuate like grandpa's British the mom's totally American. Charlie's American, Charlie's American. But then there's everyone Charlie around Charlie goes town. to the British school. A British school. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the professor is super British. Okay, let's talk <laughs> about this professor or teacher. 
So <laughs> I guess this is like one of those like classic. And I, I, I gave part of it when I was watching it too. Like, this is a Roald Dahl universe. He actually wrote the screenplay. So Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and remembering Roald Dahl reading his books and stuff as a kid, is that it was very kind of like over the top, kind of. He was kind of Wes Anderson and Tim Burton before Wes Anderson and Tim Burton. Like, Tim Burton says that uh, Roald Dahl was one of his biggest uh, influences, but definitely this kind of just weird mix, uh, mixing pot Oh yeah, of nothing. Melting pot. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, also, me- me- I mean, Wes Anderson did Fantastic Mr. Fox, one of his books. Oh, yeah, those are all dope. And then uh, Tim Burton just did, oh, he, well, he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I totally agree with that. I mean, they're just really quirky. He was one of my favorite authors. He was probably the first author I actually, like, you know, associated as an author. I remember in third grade, my teacher like reading us BFG, The Twits, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The Witches? Was it The Witches? Or Twitches? Witches. Twitches? It might have been Twitch. It was Twits. I can Google it. I think it was Twits. Twits, I think, which is the one where that the the kid glues people to the ceiling. Oh, that's the Twits. And then The Witches is the girl that has like the magic finger. Oh, isn't that Matilda? Matilda. You were right. Oh. It is the, the witches. Matilda, it's the witches, and then there's the twits. So it was. Yeah. I think the one I was read with too was the twits, and then also James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach. What did, What did you guys think of the James and the Giant Peach? Like this, <gasps> the 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 movie stop, stop motion. motion. Yeah. I rem- again, I remember loving it, but it's been at least a decade since I've seen it. Oh no, that was like a big childhood movie. I don't think of mine. I've ever watched it all the way through. Even as a kid, I was like, this is a little much. <laughs> I remember there was a lot of scary parts again. Like that's the one thing yeah. that's reoccurring with his movies and books, I guess, for Road Doll is like he has these really awesome universes for kids and they're really fun and they draw you in, but then there's these really, really dark elements. Not just kind of dark, super dark elements that are just kind of underneath it all. Well, let's talk about one of those dark elements. So there's um, a really popular theory about uh, th- this film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, that right. um, it was that Willy Wonka, after years of isolation and this paranoia of people trying to steal all of his uh, chocolate secrets, he goes insane and becomes uh, a murderer. Uh, so, you know that whole thing, how when you watch the movie and you notice that, oh, um, on the boat, there are two, there wouldn't have been enough seats for Augustus right. and his mom. Uh, when they're going to the TV area, there aren't enough robes for everybody. And so, like, uh, this one theory that I'm reading from uh, the mirror is that uh, uh, <laughs> he intended all of the calamities that befall the children in the factory, his obvious apathy for their fates, and planned their punishment in a saw-like skewed morality tale. Because if you look at it, um, the, uh, the there's such well-choreographed songs and dances. And watching it again today, I realized how like top-level and heavy-handed all those morals are. Like, you are fat. You watch TV. Yeah. You are a bitch. Well, that's what's interesting <laughs> about this movie is it's really because when I think when I was younger, that's how I sort of associated why each child who didn't make it, unlike Charlie, like why did they deserve to get kind of killed? Um, but what I think is really interesting about the whole movie is that it's it disguises itself as a kids' film when I actually think it's making a comment on like parenting because all those kids. It's their parents. Like even the beginning scenes when they're getting. God, Charlie's dad died. Right, his his dad's just dead. In the book, it's not. So like you really got to look at um. Well, you have to look at the differences between the book Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and and Willy Wonka. So I think when like Roald Dahl was writing it, um, like Roald Dahl has some demons. 
He's got uh, some stuff. Do you want to talk about his um, rampant anti-Semitism? Yeah. Okay. Jake and I. Jake and I. All right, Jake. You can take the floor on there. Uh, I don't, I don't want to pull up the quote now, but I know. Are you he talking has about the one where he says, um, "I think it's even a even a stinker like Hitler, uh, like didn't pick on the Jews for no reason." Like it's a pa- that's paraphrase. Yeah, there's it. something like that, but he said that like in the late '80s too. So, well, I, I read that. So he, I know he fought in the First World War next to Ian Fleming, who's an, another famous author, which is pretty interesting. But like, I feel like a lot of famous authors during that time fought in war and then they just took out their like demons meanwhile all the writing. writers that we know they're like uh i'm from mana young <laughs> school mm, that was my war like, i wrote this i wrote this poem about gentrification me a gentrifier <laughs> um, yeah exactly so i think that's it's just interesting because like he is kind of messed up but yeah, he's made some i want to go back to the stories. um theory you're uh reading yeah. In high school, I have the paper up right now, October 2nd, 2014. I wrote a God. paper called oh, you wrote a paper. Willy Wonka was a mass murderer in 500 words, in which I highlight the same thing. Like All of the songs are choreographed immediately after. They're all singing in unison, so it's not like, oh, they're improvising it. Uh, the boat, uh, the seats, that's an easy one. It was co- I mean, but look, also... Who gives a shit, though? Also, at the end, when he says, uh, Charlie wins, which means... yeah. Okay, There's well, listen, clear losers. Let's not skip to he the end. Let's start, to be losers. Can oh. I just bring it to like the beginning real quick? Because yes, this even thing, though I need to talk about the everlasting gobstoppers soon. We will. <laughs> well, I mean, that's at the end, right? It's that's in throughout. the middle. It's, 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 it's foreshadowed in the It is foreshadowed. I mean, Mr. Well, Slugwork is like, if you just give me five minutes. Five I'll, minutes. He, and then he just like uh, fanned a bunch of just pieces of paper. Like, I guess <laughs> he just had it on. He was on site. But, um,. I mean, it opens again that shanty town you were talking about, and Charlie's four grandparents, bedridden twenty years. Also, uh, I'd noticed this. I've watched this movie so many times. The the husband and wives have like the same names. Like it's Grandpa Joe, Grandma Josephine. Oh really? Oh, I, I didn't know that. pick that up. Oh, that's interesting. And there was another couple where it was Henry and Henrietta. Are, the, are those the other grandparents? No, I forgot. <laughs> Their names were like Bill and Billy or something. Do like they that. even have lines? I don't even think I they, think they all have at least one or two lines. Okay, so like. I wrote this down. <laughs> they uh, on just fucking there. On Can we swear, Char- sorry. Yeah, okay. on, Char- on Charlie's <laughs> depressing birthday. Um, <laughs> the w- oh wait, okay, they, the fake on. out, the fake out where he's like, I oh won, and then they're, he's just like, you believe me? He was so upset about it, like, wow, I can't believe you believe me. <laughs> what a cruel joke. But even before that, even before that, so um, before his mom, uh, his grand, his, the grandmothers and mom give him a, a sweater, and the grandpas oh, give, give him, a, him a piece of candy that they were like sitting on all day. Um, <laughs> all of them could not just say "Happy Birthday" in unison. They're like, "Ah, oh, happy, 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 happy Birthday!" <laughs> Couldn't even. Yeah, it's the worst. It's just a sad time. Like, I, yeah, they're all drinking cabbage water cabbage for dinner. Water. <laughs> I also love that. Charlie was like, "No, Grandpa, that's for tobacco. Don't oh, buy food." So sad. When he said, when they all said that, like, "No, Joe, your your tobacco." I was like, "Wait, this fucking guy <laughs> has spending been just money. spending money on tobacco, and and he's he he would eat cabbage water, yeah, but he will let his he's, family right. go hungry." Yeah, I don't know, man. Like he, Grandpa Joe, I gotta say this up top. I think he's an asshole. I yes. think he's honestly one of the. First of all, the actor's great. I'm forgetting his, his full name. I think it's uh, Abra- Jack Albertson. Jack Albertson. He's like a really famous British actor. He's in the Poseidon Adventure. He Poseidon. Poseidon. It's one of Poseidon. my favorite movies. 
He's phenomenal, but and he, I think he's great in this movie. It's just his he character is is, a, is an asshole. Well, also, I mean, this is jumping very far ahead, but I mean, we're I feel like we're gonna be doing that all right. night. Um, he's he's the one that tells Charlie to drink fuzzy lift fizzy lifting drink. Right, that is after true. He just watched Char- two I, I noticed that he taken. even pulled him like back, saying like, "Charlie, let's do this." Charlie, <laughs> let's yeah. Right after Augustus ate it, and then and then uh. First turn Save a, some a room for later, Augustus. He's just like okay, mama. He's not good. He like he kind of he's not great in this movie, and he's just his decision making, like how he springs up after he, twenty years. After twenty years of not of being bedridden, he it takes him like a minute of goofy wobbling, and then he does a full song saying that he's got a golden ticket. Right. Uh, yeah, I also found that weird. He's like, I've got a not we, not you, but. He was, and, he's uh, a little selfish. He's and right, have guy. you read the book? Because you were saying you were talking. Yeah. So I have as well. is okay. I've not read the book. Is there are there like more details to Grandpa Joe that well, the movie viewer would not really know? See, what's interesting is I, I'm trying not to bring up the Tim Burton movie as much as possible, but like that one is more. Um, I think it's it that one has a lot more to do with the book than this one does. This one takes a few liberties, but Which even though Roald Dahl, wrote, Roald Dahl it, wrote it, yeah. Right. So, I mean, in the Tim Burton one, same as the book, like the, the, the Charlie's father's in, like he's alive and he works for a toothpaste company. And then you learn that Grandpa Joe worked for Wonka. Like he worked there That's before right. it shut down. So that, that was the connection. That was an interesting connection. So that when they're in the factory, it's actually like a whole new layer. I used to work for you, and like, why'd you lay me off, and all this stuff. And but in this one, there's not so much of a connection. It's more like I'm I'm old and sick, and my grandson has it shitty. So I hope he gets a golden ticket, and I can get out of here. And I will say, I think that's also part of like this. This movie was made in 1971, and like I think that's very reminiscent of cinema of that era. That like, uh, they're. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm also <laughs> no, 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 I think you're right. I think you're right. About just like kind of, uh, there's not a lot of kind of gray between characters. There's like, not. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this poor boy is suffering and all he yeah. wants is chocolate and, he, and then everybody else is evil and weird. He's also like a saint. Like he doesn't have any flaw oh, yeah. in character whatsoever. He's always doing the right. Like it's Grandpa child. Joe. He, is he has his, a paper like, route. Demon. He's innocent. Yeah. He, he gives he all his money four, to his family. He has a four paper paper route <laughs> that he gets paid for. <laughs> and he's innocent. I mean, in the beginning... He he's not doing anything wrong, and he never. He, the only thing he does wrong, Grandpa Joe like kind of bullies him into doing. Yeah, yeah. I got okay, Ross. I yes. I saw this. I've noticed this for the first time uh, after watching it again this week. But wouldn't you say that there's a lot of Monty Python moments in this in this movie? Because there's the whole thing again with the science teacher. He has that opening monologue, and he's like, class dismissed, class undismissed, class undismissed. Yeah, wait, now that you're saying it, yes. And then yeah. there's all these little bits that I they think, have. I okay. think everything pre-factory, like factory, there's Let's like a bunch of... Let's talk about all these... I, I was writing this... I completely <laughs> forgotten this part of the movie. It was so funny. Like, there, the self-aware robot... That was my favorite oh, yeah, one yeah, out yeah, of the all. Like, now I'm telling the robot where, what it can do with all this stuff. <laughs> that was totally my Python. And then there was another one where um, it was the guy at like a therapist, and he's like, I had oh, this that dream. Was great. And Archangel that was great. came to me. It reminded me of like kind of UHF, where they do like the random commercial mm-hmm. bits that like comedically are like the don't same tone, but are just randomly put in. Don't bring yeah, it like, up. I, I, you don't. Oh, you don't. That movie. Oh, we'll talk later. We can talk later. <laughs> we can talk when we're on your. But, but there are those Monty Python bits, and I, I noticed like they're all British characters as well that, that have yeah. those bits. Like at first you said that I'm like no, just because they're British and funny, and then like as they went on, I'm like yeah, this is kind of well, Monty Python. It almost Python-esque. feels like I w- I would be very interested 
of like a roll doll like sketch show because he has well you know those aren't in good... the book like those moments are not in the book oh I figured like yeah. there's the, like the scene where the woman she's with a police officer it's like oh, a hostage crisis funny. and oh, they're like one, oh they're so I... he wants you a box of Wonka bars and she's like, like how, how much how time do I have to think <laughs> That was so yeah, great. I genu- I, throughout the entire movie, I genuinely had a smile on my face the entire time. Wait, so yeah. question, so good, this whole, so, cool. Um, <laughs> Loud motorcycle. We're filming in a subway. Um, but, uh, so, there, there, <laughs> so there are all these, like, fun uh, moments where we see the, the world just going into a tizzy about the Wonka bars. And I was watching these par- segments and trying to think of, yeah. Any modern day equivalent, because there have been there are all these crazy giveaways, right? Like all the all this viral marketing, like oh buy like a Coke and maybe you'll go to Firefly or something like yeah. that. But I cannot think of any moment in my life. I can maybe think of one where there was like this crazy worldwide panic, and I think it was when the Nintendo Wii came out. I remember that being a crazy was it time. Well, I mean, oh, with just like a new product or a prize. Like or just like pro- a phenomenon of like trying yeah. to get. Okay, because yeah, because it's really interesting that they. I believe the hysteria that they create when he announces that. Well, first of all, what's really funny is like it's the science teacher doing that lesson. The kid comes in and explains like exactly what's happening. He's like, Wonka's opening his shop. Five people are going in. Five tickets. Random random chocolate bars. Go buy them. And then like we're like, okay, we're in, which like worked perfectly. And it cuts to like the news guy explaining it, and I like believed it. It's mm-hmm. just, like this character, yeah. this and they use the same guy. anchor throughout the whole thing. Too. But the one thing is like, I mean, I I couldn't quite sense like the hold that Wonka had over the entire world. That is, I mean, they right. allude to it a lot, but I do think they could have done a little only, better of a job. You only see that one shop, the one candy shop that Charlie and all the kids mm-hmm. go to. But like, you kind of have true. like. A couple characters explaining like the myth, like what the knife salesman outside the holy shit when he's that, looking that at was the, the creepiest thing, and he never shows up again. <laughs> never, <laughs> totally did not remember that at all. Like when that happened, um, but, like, but like, yeah, his character kind of yeah. explains like the myth of who Wonka is. He's like this incredible candy creator, and everyone apparently loves his candy, and he shut down. He's right. a hermit now. No so I kind of like. They but kinda, I think it's I think it's weird delegating that to a weird one-off character who who seems like an unreliable one. person. Right. Like if mm-hmm. if like when the news anchor says it, I more believe it. But after seeing it from that like creepy guy, I was like thrown off from it. So wait, so then what? So, okay, so they announce the, the like the the whole contest. Yeah. And I think they immediately cut to Augustus Gloop, and it's like, wa- where's he from again? Uh, um, somewhere in Germany. East- East Germany or Austria, maybe. I think no, it's I think Germany. It's, I think he's German. Somewhere in Europe, and he's just <laughs> eating. And then the reporter sticks oh, his oh, mic yes, in his dad's mouth, bit. and he eats it. <laughs> also, yeah, that weirded me out. I wrote that down because I did not believe it. But also, <laughs> also, the microphone was on the flimsiest string. It was like just a piece of string that they like, found. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, we need a wire." There's no such thing as a wireless mic. So they're like, "I ah, hear it." And then Slabhorn comes spool. in, whispers something. He has this huge scar on the side yeah. of his yeah, face. To, to fake you out because he's evil. Right. And then uh, I think right after that, um, like Charlie's in school. It, it, then we, well, we get the whole montage of all the different ones being yeah. found. Oh, right. And you get all the bits. And then yeah, Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt. And Violet Beauregard. I got to tell you, though. Yes. So Veruca Salt, the actress who played her, I thought was a is like maybe the best because she she's the only one that's still off. acting and she, yeah exactly all the uh, like char uh the guy that played charlie um the guy that uh, played charlie peter only did this. peter ostrom yeah what is he now 
he's he, a he's vet. a veterinarian. He's a veterinarian. But it's like good for him. But yeah. Veruca Salt, like she is so perfect in that role because she is exactly like she just is the most annoying little mm-hmm. girl ever, and, and she's great at it. Like, but I I do like uh, Violet when she keeps calling out her friend that isn't the world record holder <laughs> yeah. for gum chewing anymore. When they're when they're getting interviewed, I, I, I will say with the exception. With the exception of Augustus, just because maybe he doesn't have enough screen time, all of the kid actors are like pretty good. They are pretty I, like, good. Yeah. There's no like moment where like that's a little bad. Like they're all like. I mean, solid. I, I mean, I'm. I think Charlie is the worst one. Really? I think he's the worst one only because his character, like I said before, is he's so, so one note. He's such a saint. He's like has no flaws at all. I think, he's, I think he did fine. No, I don't think he's bad. I just okay. think I th- it's th- more of that character. I mean, trait. I think it also goes back to before, like. Um, the, uh, none of these characters really have nuance. Like the only one that has nuance is Willy Wonka. Yeah. Every because so all the kids like they did a I th- they did do a good job, but it's just what they were given is very just like you're the broad, bratty one, you're the broad, selfish one, you're the broad, mm-hmm. angelic one. Um, <laughs> well, that yeah, that is really neat. And then you so then you get uh, who's who's the gum chewer? Uh, Violet. Violet, yeah, Beauregard, Violet Beauregard, and she. It's in Montana, I'm pretty sure. Yes. And she, her dad's a politician there. No, he's a, I thought he was a used car salesman. Carsman, yeah. Oh, was he, he gives he? Uh, Wonka the ticket. So oh, they have the best deals. Like, okay, friend. Or whatever. I can't oh, he's, well, he's a business but... guy. And he immediately, again, it's the parent. I think that's all, it's just reflection on how the parents control. Because mm-hmm. immediately when you get the interview, he's trying to draw attention to himself. Coming like, come on down mm-hmm. here. And she's like, shut up, you know, brat. And then you get you get oh, yeah, Slugworth you get, once again coming in and whispering in her ear. Then with um, uh, TV as well, you My get the, his mom like bragging like he hasn't even sat at the table. Wait, here's the weird part. So, so I, during that scene, Mike TV is watching TV. Got to be the laziest um, <laughs> single parent, by the way. No, no, he has a dad. His dad's giving him a gun when he's twelve. Oh, That's you're right. right again, but bad parenting. Like that was a joke in the movie because of yeah. how yeah. ridiculous that was. So like we, who we would get, give their son a gun at twelve. Yeah, but I, but I, sorry. Um, what was I saying? But it was weird because the whole bit during the scene is that Mike is so enthralled with the TV that if anybody tries to ask him about the Wonka bar, he's like, "Wait till commercials." But Slugworth still gets in like yeah. very easy. I can't remember. Is that the one where Slugworth is like a reporter and he has he's like the this? Did you see his the hand? one scene where he's like flipping his hand back and forth with a microphone. He was really over the top, like going back I, and forth. I don't remember that. It was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, whoever that is, is, he's great. And then uh, finally, oh, then it's a guy. The fake it's out, the one adult think, who gets yeah, in. Yeah, I remember that as a kid too. I thought that was such a genius thing because that would absolutely happen. There would be so. It would be more than one. There would be hundreds of people like pretending to like make their own right. tickets and everything. Yeah, and it's the one person from I think South America. Yeah, who doesn't. <laughs> Who fakes their tickets and Guys, then the person that doesn't speak g- good English, he's the one that goes first, of course. And and then Charlie's bu- Charlie's crying. Remember, it cuts the scene where all the grandparents oh, are on bed and they're like, "We can't tell Charlie." Cut to him that. crying in bed. Hits you right here, man. Then the the mom song is like red. Okay. Charlie is a great song. Okay, I'm gonna argue this. Okay, <laughs> I think that song could totally be pulled out of the movie. I don't it think can. it adds a thing. It, and can, that was the part when I was younger, I stepped out of the room, you know? You know how you zoned out a few moments when you were younger watching a movie? That was the moment in this movie where I was like, all right, I got a five-minute break here. But also, we that's like the only glimpse of Charlie's like mom, because she's just in the background. She's like, oh, I'll shine your shoes for the Wonka tour. Like, Charlie did not even think for a split second to ask her, mm-hmm. and... 
And I think we see that I I always think about that in movies where it's like just the 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 son always goes with the father, the daughter always goes with the right. mother, and like there aren't that many movies like I mean I guess uh, in this one there's a lot I just realized and now I'm <laughs> stupid, but it's just um, Mrs. Bucket, <laughs> Mrs. I guess yeah. Miss Bucket, Widow Bucket, the Widow Bucket, the Widow Bucket gets nothing like she's just stirring laundry and that's oh, like single parent and it is not it's not it's not a great song i i remember when i was watching it today i i liked it i thought it it was kind of out of nowhere but i think mm-hmm. it's a nice song i think it would be nice if like that became kind of a duet with like one of the grandparents or yeah. even with charlie I think I, know, I, I i saw it I, I agreed that the song isn't the best song well the whole town loves him they do. Kind of. They all kind of know yeah. him. It's a small town. The, the song wasn't the best, but I thought it was like really beautifully done because like she's singing in the doorway. There's the shot of the moon, then him walk or Charlie walking with a shadow. Like I thought it was a very beautiful. But this, right. there's done. a huge gaff beforehand. She says, and I, I wrote this down. There are a hundred billion people in the world. Well, wrong. At the time of this movie, <laughs> there were like totally maybe didn't three. Pick up on that. She says there are a hundred billion people. <laughs> are you sure it's not million? No, I mean, which would still she, be wrong. But. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99 sure she said 100 billion. That's bad. Uh, That's yeah. bad. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, it's not that big of a waste of time. But I think just as like a kid when I watched that, didn't need it because the whole movie's so fast paced. This is the one part where it's kind of like, if you're gonna choose a moment to drag, I think yeah, gotta, it's got to be a little better. Like they, I think they just could have dedicated it's, more time. They should have dragged anything in the tour because again, right. the tour. It's very fast. The tour went it's, by we'll way quicker that. than we'll, I remember. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, oh, it's been such a long day. We have no concept of time Well, so this, this is movie. What's interesting is, so Charlie's the only one who doesn't take a parent. He takes his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, again, I think this is a whole comment, commentary on like poor parenting. I think, um, you know, you see Mike TV's mom not letting him do anything and just go outside. Ver- Veruca Salt's dad gives her anything she mm-hmm. wants. And um, then what the gumshoe. What does her dad do? I, he's a box. I can't remember. They, oh, he they, said they, it. He, he there was a joke the about boat. it. There was a joke yeah, about it. He's like, the, "What are you in?" Like, nooks. Oh, he said, he said nuts. Nuts. He said nuts. You're right. That's right. Wait, because yes. in the in the 2005 man. one, that's like a whole oh sequence my God, with you're the right. squirrels. With the squirrels. You're totally right. That's absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He isn't. They don't show it that much, but he is a nuts. But it's <laughs> and again, he it's just, is a nut. And I think Charlie's mom though is a great mother. And I think the, this is the mm-hmm. one part of the movie where the director was like oh. trying to be a little subtle because it'd be too obvious if he brought his mom. And she deserves it the most to go. She's working her ass off. She's tra- slaving away at four adults suit, and water. a kid and by herself just working at a laundromat. So I think they, they chose the grandfather. And I think that's who Charlie should have chose because, you know, he's on his last limb even though he's a, an asshole yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I, I did think it was funny when he chose his grandpa. Like he gets the golden ticket and he's staring at Grandpa Joe and all of his other grandparents are right there in the room. He doesn't even glance at him. He says, Grandpa Joe, I want to go I want you to go with me. Favoritism. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell you one thing real quick about this sure. director. It's so it's Mel Stewart. Um he has never directed anything at all similar to this. Yeah he did like a bunch of shorts. And, and he did the I did a documentary four days in November which was JFK's funeral. Like a really grim, sad movie, uh, for do, four hours, do, do, all do, on his funeral, and it's just come kind of with odd me that he did both of these. <laughs> Pure imagination just dies. But anyway, and, um, oh, it's just an odd. It's an odd thing. Like why this director was drawn to this project, and I found out why. He his daughter 
So Mel, Mel's daughter um, read the book and showed it to her. And he said, oh, my God, I love this Wonka story. So he called up um, Quaker Oats and he said, we want to make a new chocolate bar. And if you make like the, the Wonka bar, we'll have you sponsor this movie. So Quaker Oats is the one who was like the big sponsor, the big producer really? in this film. Yeah, and that's why that's how it got so made. So does Quaker Oats own like the actual real life Wonka candy? Brand? I don't know about today, but I know at the time they did. Like they own it might be like a, a smaller I think I think it's a company. subsidiary of subsidiary, like yeah. Nestle or something like that. I feel oh, really that's what it is. And, and also now this, we're getting to conglomerates. <laughs> well, I think at the time they just they made I think Quaker Oats was the ones who like produced those right. chocolate bars cuz they're all wrapped and stuff. Like, yeah. I think they're the ones that made. Yeah, those. like most food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's look into the into the factory tour. Okay, so we, they get to the factory, right? And right. before, this before huge... that, I just have to say one of the best character intros ever. When oh, he when he walks out with well, a cane and does the fake out. Well, that I was that was Gene Wilder said that that was his one stipulation for right. being in the movie. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I heard too. Like he said, I have to do that yeah, bit, just... which is really awesome because that that works incredibly well. And he shakes all their hands, and I remember. <laughs> You can just tell immediately, like he he gets all of their personalities yeah, get, get, from the shaking of the hands. Every kid a clever like little witty joke. My TV or something, shoots him. He's like, push yeah, it he goes with it immediately. <laughs> He's like, oh, you've got a very cute little boy. <laughs> she goes, he did say Thank that. You. Just his sarcasm is phenomenal. So like, mm-hmm. Gene Wilder in this movie. I mean, it's wild. Okay, um, but he, <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> but yeah, um, this huge contract. I tried to like freeze the t- I was uh, thinking about my movie that. to watch it, and like my favorite part was it said, "quote damage caused by lightning, earthquakes, floods, fire, frost, or frippery of any sort." And uh, you could hear Rugazal's dad go frippery. <laughs> <laughs> and right before that, when they're hanging up their clothes, oh yeah, the he hand, says the hands surprises around every corner, but nothing dangerous, which is. Totally, it's a lie. No, There's no, it's lie. not. Oh, you don't think so? Okay, so I w- I was watching this and because every going back to the theory that we were talking about, uh, like oh he's killing these kids. He he does assure them that like they're gonna be okay. Like right. he gives explanations and solutions to everything that happens. Like go to the fudge room. We gotta just squeeze the juice out. We have to go to the trash compactor. There are solutions to all of them. So like. Eh, yeah. So he's not killing them, but you can see you can see his apathy when he's like, "No, stop!" Don't. Exactly. I don't. Th- I, I don't agree with the theory that he's trying to kill. Uh, kids. I, I don't realistically. But, but it's like, a what fun I'm saying is, is, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, I think there's something. I don't think you can necessarily diagnose Wooly Wonka. Like, I don't think you can exactly get him 100. percent There's a mm-hmm. lot of mystery. Yeah. Which, and this is just one of the which things. Which plays to that uh, intro of his because I was reading like the trivia of it, and he said like. They asked, why did you want that in the film? It's like, so you'd never know if he's telling the truth later or not. Right. Because he's like... There was never a moment, though, that I thought he was lying. But you never know if he is telling the truth, which is really fascinating. He's a very, like, specific, bizarre character type. Kind of like how there's a feel for, like, all these Dr. Seuss movies. There's, like, a Wonka feel (laughs) Mm -hmm. with, like, the certain, like, bizarreness, like, all of his desk is, like, in half and everything in his office. I think it is fair to say that there are... there's most certainly dangerous things in the factory though so when he well, says that that's not that's think about not true how the kids meet their demises like augustus just falls into a river also i watched i watched very closely wonka does not kick him he does not no and he's legitimately saying please step away from the chocolate yeah. he doesn't even doesn't even listen he doesn't listen to and, and like there was elders. concern he did he warned 
he warned uh, Veruca and Augustus, but then he realized, like, for Violet and Mike, that even if he says something, they're just going to do what mm. they want. Yeah. So th- they get into that room. And, well, first they sign that contract. The room where it happens. And they get into that room, and it's like, oh, my God. Fantastical, then pure imagination. You can tell place. it's all real. Like, that is all palpable stuff. Here's the thing. Um... Like, obviously, it's a great scene, but also looking at it with fresh eyes, I was just like, it looks like a little gross. Yeah. You can tell that that, that wouldn't necessarily work other than in this, other, unless you had, like, Oompa Loompas taking care of it at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it is pretty amazing. And he has that phenomenal, he starts singing for your imagination. Yeah. And one thing that's really interesting here is Take when they're walking hook. down the steps, he has his cane and he's only stopping the girls. women. The girls from like proceeding that. by him. Only the girls. I didn't notice that. Every time he uses that cane. Because uh, Veruca and um, Violet are on his right, and he keeps his canes on his right. So every time he stops, he goes like this with his right hand. It's only yeah. the girls. Could you throw that as a coincidence, though? Just I, I think it, you can. It could be, but, but I just did, more it is that, something I noticed. You, know, yeah, also, you don't know. I just, I just remembered one thing uh, that I wrote down. Uh, back to the contract part. So okay. uh, Charlie asks... Hey, Grandpa, can I sign this? And Grandpa Joe <laughs> says, go on, Charlie. We've got nothing to lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does say that. Which is so, it's it's more reinforcing the point that Grandpa Joe is such he just doesn't a give crap a shit. bag. He's all like, oh, God, he's bad. Um, we'll, we'll get into him like a little later because I think he just makes, he well, makes that. terrible decisions. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. He just gets into, he makes these terrible decisions that like you just would, it's weird because his persona is so welcoming, and I like him. Like I like Grandpa Joe. I think, and he's just like a really loving guy. Just and I think that's just a testament to the actor. But when you literally, when the movie ends and you take a step back and you analyze him, almost everything he does is not good. I mean, like I don't even know if I really get like a good grandfatherly vibe from him. No. Like I mean, both of my grandfathers are dead, so I'm going off of like, oh, I'm going off <laughs> of memories and stuff. But like, I don't know. There isn't this jovialness to him like it's he it feels very self-serving and like you bringing up the whole thing about how uh, grandpa joe s- supposedly used to work in the wonka factory that would kind of explain his motivations and why he is kind of saying that i've got a golden ticket why he's kind of pushing charlie further and further but it's yeah. just, i think it's the performance i think that's the same thing with willy wonka like i don't know how i would have felt when you read the book there's a certain there is a certain uh, persona you get from him, but it's still mysterious. And then same with the Johnny Depp one. You're, it's a little mysterious, but they really show his backstory. So then at the end of the movie, there's no mystery. With this one, there is a testament to his performance. There's so much mystery, mm-hmm. and there's so much like subtlety in the dialogue mm-hmm. and just his movements yeah. that it's all working together really well. We also well. kind of get like that he's fluent in at least three languages throughout this because he speaks like flawless French at one point, I believe German and maybe Italian. I could be wrong with that one. He's so good. And he speaks a lot of English. Yeah, like so much English. A lot lot of English. And I think, so yeah, they're all eating and like, I I don't don't think it matters what either of them were eating. I don't think there was like any subtext there. I thought it was weird that Grandpa Joe and Charlie, out of everything, they, they just went for candy canes. They went for slightly larger true. than usual candy canes. Also, they did do that. Everybody, right. like all of, all of the adults except for Grandpa Joe, even some of those, are so rude on the tour. Every other second, they're like, 
What I, do you think you're doing, Wonka? I did notice that. <laughs> at, at every stage of the tour, there was a different parent saying, oh, we're done with this. We're through. And it's like, you flew to Germany or whatever from America. Yeah, like uh, one parent hired all these workers to open all of these candy bars, and you get on the tour, and after like one thing you kind of don't like, you're even before that, when before they're in the pure imagination room, when they're in that like optical illusion like kind of tight room, they all just want to leave immediately. Right. And they're the like, tour okay, hasn't we're even started. Like, they're very fickle people. And I think it's because they, they get kind of fed up with Willy Wonka. Like, they're like their kids at some points. Because I think Gene Wilder brings this performance of, like, he's an adult, but he has a really childlike uh, way way of, about him. Like, yeah. I think David Tennant would kill this role. You think so? Yeah. You think... Well, look, at, look at his episodes of Doctor Who, because he plays it very silly when he needs to, but... You can see there's like real pain when uh, he's yeah. encountering the Daleks. I, I don't I haven't seen Doctor Who, but I've seen him in a few other things. I he's a know. great altogether actor. I, th- I think this it's a really like I don't think many people could do this role to the to the testament that Gene Wilder did mm-hmm. because he is he's perfect in this. Like he's so yeah. great, yeah. and it could fall apart in any second and just be like kind of stupid. But it's always intriguing whenever he's on the screen. I mean, there's a reason this is called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and not right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Do you think that's why they changed the title? Or was it like a legal thing? I, did, I don't think it was a legal thing. I mean, it, maybe it probably isn't a legal thing if Roald Dahl wrote Roald Dahl. the screenplay right. for it. But anyway, we're going to talk about the differences between, between Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the 2005 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when we return with more kid flicks. Stay with us. Ding, ding, ding. Welcome back to Kid Flicks. Um... I am the snitching boot boggler, according to this um, this thing that I found where it's, uh, what's your Willy Wonka name? So Jake, uh, Jake, you would be the rotsome oh, yes. crab cruncher. My nickname in high school as well. It's also your STD. And, and Ryan, your, your given name is John, correct? That's right. Oh, so, no. So it's... Oh, no. Well, it's hard because I'm R, he's J, so either way we're getting the same thing. Oh, it's so a letter you, thing? Okay. So you're... Uh, the Rotsum Quagwinkle. Quagwinkle? Yeah, that's fun. That's Quagwinkle. Like, those are like the guys that sued Mark Zuckerberg, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so let's talk. Harvard um, <laughs> So let's look at um, uh, so Gene Wilder versus uh, Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, do you want like their performances or the movie? Uh like I think I I haven't really watched the the 2005 the Tim Burton one in years so let let's just talk about their performances because I I have a a semi recollection. Do you want to start or? Um yeah I mean it's a hard comparison to really to compare Gene Wilder to anybody he's he's such a comedic force he's very good and I think it's hard watching the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory run just because how Tim Burton is as a director. And kind of what his aesthetic is, the story—I don't know—it felt to me less genuine. But at the same time, it became more of a story about Willy Wonka. Like we see his backstory, we kind of see him as a young man. And also, right. I, I think I don't remember them as well, but I remember the songs were pretty solid in the yeah. 2005 one. A few, I think more. It was more so. It wasn't a musical. It was more so. Oompa Loompas just had ballads. Yeah, <laughs> and they weren't just rhymes. They had ballads. They were full out songs. JT, you want? I mean, I was telling these guys off air that I've seen this the is on the record now. Tim Burton movie <laughs> once, 
and it was in theaters. Just one Tim Burton movie? No, the oh, Charlie, the Tim yeah. Burton. Oh my God. Um, so I've only seen it once, and it was in theaters. So I have very so vague your recollections. Ten years, ten years of yeah. memory. Uh, I do remember like bits and pieces. I remember it being a lot blander in color in general. But wait, can I ask? Like, did you the not Tim see Burton it? One. Yeah. Did you really? not? You haven't seen it again, probably, because you didn't. You just didn't feel the need to. Yeah, because I know at the time I saw it, I had already seen Willy Wonka, the Gene Wilder one. Right. And I was already in love with that one. I actually do kind of remember being a little upset that they remade it. Yeah, because I remember my parents feeling like that when it came out. And I think they were just remaking and like doing a lot of sequels to a lot of things then. And I think, like, see, I my opinion on this movie, on the Charlie and Chocolate Factory one, is I actually respect it a lot because... I think whenever you remake something, you gotta do it. You have to be. It has to be different enough from the original. Mm-hmm. You can't just. It can't be the same. I hate shot for shot remakes. Well, like Poseidon and the Poseidon Adventure. You mentioned Poseidon earlier. Right. And the the remake was. I actually haven't seen the remake, but like when you're talking about even like rebooting a superhero franchise, the new Spider Man, like they have to be a little different. You have to do have a new take on it. And I think the take Burton brought, even though some people didn't like it. It was different, and I, I love that. I always, and that's why I think I've watched it more than probably you guys have, just because it's it's different enough from that other one. I think one thing it um it it knew going in was just like we're not going to top Gene Wilder with that mystery and all that. So I think that's why they kind of went more into his psyche and like his background. They had that whole thing with him as a as uh, at Willy Wonka as a kid, like trick-or-treating mm-hmm. and his dad being a dentist and not letting him eat chocolate and that's kind of like how he got all messed up i also remember they give the oompa loompas backstory like we see their home you see yeah that home. was cool yeah, oh yeah that was really cool because it's sort of slavery in the in the well, gene what? wilder one <laughs> it's sort of slavery he, he has a brief like sentence explaining yeah i went to He's their like, land yes, i saved them from their goople dupes and <laughs> dip adopts brought him over by ship the rick and morty oh, monsters my, and now they sing spirituals it's really, you can make that connection. Yeah. I won't know if you agree with the connection, but you can make the connection. Whereas with the Tim Burton one, he really, he shows it. And he shows why exactly they agree. It was because he had like the coconut for the chocolate or some stupid shit. I don't know. But like he explains it. And and also the grandfather in Tim Burton's one is way better. Yeah. Well, he's he's definitely a much more sympathetic person. He He definitely cares. It feels that he cares more about Charlie. And even though he is going to kind of fulfill his own purpose. He does realize that he's with his grandpa or he's yeah. with his, sorry, his yeah. uh, grandson. And it's kind of more of a shared thing, but Depp. So what did you think of Depp? Like specifically Depp? I don't know why, but in my head, I just keep thinking of um, the portrayal that, uh, what, what's his face from uh, back to the future did. Uh, uh, are you talking about like the doc in, no, in, uh, in the movie, epic movie, they do a parody of this film, and it's... I don't remember, The man. guy that plays uh, George. Oh, wait a minute. Now I know you're talking about. What's his about. name? I don't know his name, but I know what you you're know talking about. You know George what? In Back to the Future. I don't know his name. Crispin oh, Glover. Crispin, Crispin yeah, Glover. I know Yeah, he does, he does that. And it was funny, because in epic movie, they make a joke that was a, a serious line in the 71, uh, it... Crispin Cuffler says, like, they're looking at the chocolate bar, and they're like, whoa, is that made of chocolate? And he's like, no, that's the sewer. And then <laughs> the kid, like, a cow pen is, like, drinking, and he vomits a little bit. But then in the 71 one, they're like, oh, what is that, a septic tank? And they're like, he's like, no, it's chocolate. Yeah. So that's a weird reversal. But Depp, I feel like Johnny Depp, 
See, well, that's Tim Burton's guy. You know, like he, they've been yes. they've done the most projects together. That's his go-to actor. And Jake, you, and you were telling me earlier all the the short list for all the people that were being considered for yeah, Bill Murray, Nicolas Cage, Jim Carrey, Michael Keaton, Brad right. Pitt, Will Smith, but Adam like, Sandler. I feel like just now knowing more film knowledge than I did then, it would have been Johnny Depp, no question. That's just the guy who he picks, and I think for Tim Burton, for Tim, yeah, for Tim, well, I think you have to make that connection like Tim Burton would pick Johnny Depp and I think his I'd be curious how know. Bill Murray would have like, done but I don't know Michael would, Keaton was also Beetlejuice Bill in Murray Tim would, Burton movie yeah. that's a very <laughs> okay. iconic character I just don't know because I think Johnny Depp he plays a different one and I think he kind of knows he's not top and Gene so he kind of just went out with it and that's kind of what Tim Burton does in general well, and he made, he made uh, if I remember correctly Willy Wonka definitely a more uh, timid character and he wasn't so much conniving and trying to teach lessons he was more like kind of going back to uh willy wonka the one that we're reviewing today right. how at the end how willy wonka is looking for a child to take over his yeah. factory that's you just see that as the motivation in the entire movie for the tim burton one like there isn't right no anything mystery. exactly There's no mystery at all um but we want to hear <laughs> which one is your favorite so if you like uh, the 1971 Willy Wonka and Gene Wilder's portrayal. Use the hashtag uh, I Dream of Genie. As in, I Dream of Genie. Yeah, like Gene Wilder. Oh, okay. And then, um, <laughs> do any of you guys have an idea for a hashtag for if you prefer the 2005 Johnny Depp one? What's a, what's a weird line he has? I, I'm trying to remember a few. Um, I uh, think there's something about. Wait, wait, wait. What's the Augustus Gloop song? Because that's I the guess one. Is gloop. I, I guess is gloop. I guess is gloop. Gloop, you nincompoop. Is that too big of a hashtag? Probably uh, to tell people that they like Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, that they like Depp or just Depp. I don't know. Depp. Deputy. Depp. Depp. Depp perception. Depp perception. There we go. Oh, oh my god! I fell out I of my chair. I loved it so much. You just fell you out of the seat with, that, with that suggestion. I love it. So if you prefer the 2005 uh, Charlie so and the Chocolate Factory with Tim Burton. Depth. Uh, yeah. Perception. Use the hashtag depth perception. Depth perception. Um, but yeah, let's finish up the 1971 because we kind of got cut off. Right. We were talking about, in general, just how rude people were on the tour. We talked a little bit before about the fuzzy, if the I keep calling it the fuzzy, the fizzy lifting drink. Oh, we need yeah. to talk about the everlasting gobstoppers. Well, so then those, they get to that room. Second, those things, right? they look like uh, those like cheap plastic puzzle toys. Yeah, they look oh, like broken right, Rubik's right, right. cubes. Like, I would not want to chew that. That doesn't. Uh, nah. I watch a lot of Food Network. That does not seem to have a good mouthfeel to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, it didn't. And that that's the part where, like, you go into literally his factory, and you just see Oompa Loompas carrying yeah, like stuff. like, the gross little Everything's part. kind of flipped over, and there's, again, a few really funny moments where... He throws the sneakers, the shoes, and he's like, he's I like, want oh, to get yeah. a little kick. That's and then he puts the, line. the oh, jacket man. in. The jacket, because it's too hot. And then or it's too cold. It's too cold. So yeah. a jacket in it. And then somebody goes, oh, this Wonka guy's crazy. We're out of here. Or something like that. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I think um, Veruca's dad goes up and he's like, butterscotch. Gins, yeah. Or, or butter gins, like, too. What are you doing here, Wonka? Like candy is dandy, but liquor, but liquor is quicker. Is quicker. <laughs> There's just some that's great good... one-off lines in this. Yeah. 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 Also, Veruca Salt's song is great. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, the... Um, that's like a classic. What is it? I want it now. Yeah, oh, I want to, well, she, well, then, so, uh, what's the gum lady? I keep, I'm sorry. Violet. Violet mm-hmm. eats the gum, the, the three-course meal. Yeah, the three courses are, um, 
it's tomato soup, creamy tomato soup, and she can feel <laughs> the warmness going down her throat. Just like that's that. what she said, okay. guys. Um, <laughs> then roast roast beef and uh, baked potato. And here comes dessert. Blueberry, and then she just turns into a blueberry. And then his, her, uh, his, her mom, her. Was it dad? Her dad. Yeah. I could. I yeah. went through every pronoun combination. <laughs> uh, her dad went. I got a blueberry for a daughter. Oh, that was great. Which he he's not even worried like about. He's yeah, worried that he's more about his like, image. Oh you know, boy. it's the parenting dude. He's worried about his image. It sucks. It, and that, and that's again, he learned. They each learned a lesson there. But I mean, also talking like lessons and parents. Augustus Gloop's mom like seemed fine. She did seem fine. I think. I mean, yeah, that whole thing is. I mean, he's a little greedy because he's eating the river, but like they're mad at him because he's fat, which well, kind of seems weird. Because yeah. his whole family is also like when they first get the ticket, eating everything and like, well, you know, you know, in Seven, how there's the seven deadly sins: gluttony. I think that's yeah. Gluttony they cut there. a scene from this movie, and <laughs> Augustus did is they? just face down in spaghetti, <laughs> <laughs> dead. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny dead. I think that was just another like you know as a parent maybe you need to like control your child from eating and then yeah. with her he he's worried about himself. He's not worried about Violet. Well, that's like a theme I saw with besides Charlie, all the other kids is they're all just kind of greedy and selfish. Right. Like well, yes, you know they have like okay, Mike TV loves TV, which is bad in this. Oh, world, I was Mike TV when I was younger. Yeah, I feel like we all were. I was I was, totally I was Mike uh, Arts and Crafts when I was. <laughs> it's like I watched way too much. Yeah, and that's an issue. Like, I, but, I think when I was younger, I was like, "What the hell?" I'm pissed. and at the same time, and uh, it's like we're let's just dive into the segment because we're basically there okay. already with our toes. Uh, so lesson learned, just kind of talk about what we think, and we've been talking about it this entire hour, yeah. just what uh, the filmmakers want us to get out, want us or the children to get out of this movie, and everything is. I didn't realize how heavy-handed all of these lessons were when I was a kid. It it was just it did not really pick up at all for me do you think they're that heavy-handed though because i think i mean they, the, I think songs, were... the songs oh, yeah, the songs make it so heavy-handed oh totally they're just like why watch tv when you could pick up a book <laughs> actually wait that it would yeah. The, yeah. the mike tv song <laughs> they like got funkier with it they like started playing with like a different like style they were like oompa loompa Doobity doo. Oh yeah, there was like a little. There was the pause. Yeah. No commercials. Wasn't that a line in it? Oh yeah, like go outside. There's no commercials. Yeah. That was great. I think, and like, I I know what you mean though. There's some parts that are super over the top, and I think I have more problems though with we totally skip the scene um of the boat ride because the boat rides. A fucking nightmare. The the 2001 because acid trip. lights everywhere. There's a shot of a chicken getting its head cut off. There's a shot of a centipede on a guy's face. And that then was the director's friend. Gene Wilder <laughs> the centipede. does the thing he I think he does best, which is he can he's just terrifying, but also kind of funny at the same time. I'm trying to remember the so- like the little he song that he says like a spoken word. It was beautiful. Thing. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful, like, but it was also no terrifying. No one knows where it goes. He's like, the Reaper's here. We're going. We can't tell which direction we're going. You might need to put a soundbite of that in. Yeah. But then he screams at just like a fever pitch volume or like a tea kettle. And it's the scariest thing. Like it, it's totally out of nowhere. And then like five people go, hey, Wonka, what's the big idea? (laughs) (laughs) But it's really, really scary. Like I can't imagine being, I I remember as a kid, that was just terrifying. Mm -hmm. And that's out of place. I I think that's funny. You bring that up. Cause as a kid, like I 
vaguely, vaguely remember that. Like watching it today, it's like, oh, I kind of remember this, but like that, was that didn't leave a big impression on me out of yeah. the rest of the movie at all. It was scary though. Like that, that's a really scary moment. I feel like there are a lot of moments in kids' movies before 1990 that had these really scary moments like that, like Pinocchio with a donkey turning into a donkey, and like. Um, Dumbo, like his mom gets taken away in the beginning. And that was just like one of those moments that's super like out of nowhere for a kid to see that'd be kind of terrifying. I mean, I think there there still are moments like that in kids cinema today. Like I think it, they're more subtle or kind of inward conflicts right. rather than like just this person's taken away from you. It's more like an Inside Out, yeah, that's that part where oh. Riley finally cries, it's a beautiful moment. It is. But this, it's not a centipede on a man's face. I will give you <laughs> like, that. Like, it's not a, a chicken getting its head yeah, chopped I, off. Yeah, I think the difference is, like, today, like, when you're crying in, or scared in a movie, it's kind of, like, for the plot and for the overarching lesson, whereas this is just a scene on a boat. It's kind of, it's out of nowhere, and you yeah. don't know really what to think of it, Like, kind they're of. going from one room to another, so it's, like, no a addressing it either. Little... Totally just get to the next room. Well, it kind of builds to Wonka's character as well, because he's, you can't read him. You can't tell if he's serious. If he's you can't like tell crazy. if he's going forward, backward, like, and right. also it speaks to what we what I mentioned almost an hour ago. <laughs> just the whole this, how quickly the day feels. You can't tell what time of day it is. Like, right. it, we're mm-hmm. in the they're going in into the deepest recesses of this factory, and like they're all kind of just they have to just follow him as as much as they protest. He's the only one that knows the way out. And I mean the same thing with the seats. It's just a really creepy moment, and then it gets back to the kid stuff. But so, right, you've been wanting to talk about the ending, of course. So the very uh, end. yeah, Faruka gets fucked, and uh, Charlie, all that stuff. Charlie, you win, you win, Charlie, you it. win. Hey, great! Can I live? Fucking well, Uncle Joe immediately says, can, that, I leave, can, I? "Can I live here too?" Well, I yeah. thought right before that though, right before that, because in his office, in his office, because I feel like I, well, everything we just spent, like the movie, almost loses me. After the, these heavy-handed lessons with you know with all the kids leaving and and just random stuff like that and the Oompa Loompas being sort of like slaves and it's just kind of like okay I'm I'm not really feeling this but then you know he's in the office I think my TV just got shrunk honey I shrunk him and he's like yeah you win uh, see yourself out and then the grandpa's like no we gotta we gotta see about your prize and they get in there. And he says, you lose, He's sir. like, you lose, sir. You Dang. took the fizzy water. Mm-hmm. You got, we had to clean the ceiling. Here's something out. I'm kind of thinking of, which I don't think is fully there in the movie, but could have been maybe Raul Dahl's intention mm-hmm. before. Could Grandpa Joe be working with Wonka the same way as, I can't remember, the opposing chocolate factory guy? Uh, so yeah, like he was there to test their morals. Grandpa was there because if Grandpa was not there... Then there would be no reason that Charlie wouldn't get the candy at the end. I'm gonna say the no. Lifetime I'm gonna say no. I it think was... I don't think it is. I think I think the thing is, look, all you said that there's this theme of greed, like all those kids and even the parents have these this greedy intention. So right after And Grandpa, right at the end, he sa- he says Charlie, let's go let's go, let's go find Slugworth wants a chocolate bar, he'll get one. And then or once an everlasting gobstopper, we'll get one. And then he stops and he turns around and it's silent. All you hear is the, the clock ticking, and he walks over and Wonka's just writing something. Oh, by the way, everything in the room is like half, which is kind of funny. Which is a very Wonka-esque feel. And as then well. he puts down, he's like, Mr. Wonka, 
and he puts down the everlasting gobstopper. Mind you, right before he freaks out at Grandpa, which he does again, that thing of like he was on the boat, that Gene, thing that Gene Wilder does the best where he's like pissed, but also it's like hilarious at the same mm-hmm. time. And I'm pretty sure when they were hurt, when they shot that, they They're didn't like, even tell great. the kid like yeah. how he's going to be doing that. So he puts it down, walks away, and then he says, and shines a good deed in a weary world. And he reveals like it was a test. It was a test of his morals. And I think that's what the whole movie was about. And it wasn't Slugworth. It was like Mr. Wilkinson. And he worked for him. And it was all a test. And that's, I think, the thing that makes this entire movie. Like without that scene, it doesn't work in my opinion. But then what do we think of the whole like almost set up for a sequel? I mean, because I mean, the glass elevator that is the second book in the. It is a bit of a setup. Um, Yeah, they get on that elevator. It's like Willy Wonka was about to turn to Charlie and go. (laughs) Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely was about to do that. I don't know, but I, I love the uh, ending when they're just... Because that's one of the other big things that left an impression on me when I watched it as a kid was looking at the town from like an aerial view. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has like that beautiful feeling and the, like the music's coming in and it's all like I was also happy like, ending. None of this looks familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's, there's your house. They, they, did not like shoot, for it. they did not shoot there. All the, but, all the houses look the same. And then he has like the line at the end where it's like, what happened to the kid who suddenly got everything he ever wanted? Now he lived happily ever after. That is the most interesting thing here because I feel like the whole theme of the movie... It also sounded like a warning. Like Yeah, it sounded like, lot. okay, so don't be greedy. But then you technically did just get everything you ever wanted in your own. It goes against fine. everything the movie kind of was was disowning, you know. Like yeah. she, she, the whole song for Veruca is "I want it now." She wanted, it, and then she gets it. She gets it, and she's not happy. She's like, Bye, queen. She's kind of an awful person. Um, and at the end there, that line doesn't make sense. I actually researched that line. So they're filming the last day filming the movie, or one of the last days, and they don't have a final line. So they call Rodal. He's on vacation. And um, he said he just tells him this is the last line. It's uh, here's the last line, you Jew. <laughs> That's probably what he said. And then th- then they agree to doing it. And I'm just, I don't know. What do you think of that last line? I think it's there needs to be a line between the beginning and end of it. Like what happened to the kid who suddenly got everything he ever wanted? Then there has to be some like kind of warning, like you know, like don't be greedy. And then because he hugs like, him, he yeah, genuinely hugs him. And then there him. should be a good moment where it's like. Um, you're a good kid. You'll live happily ever after. But I do agree. It's like a little like it goes against the movie. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Roald Dahl ended up disowning the movie Did he? because uh, the script was partially rewritten because Dahl was not meeting deadlines. And I'm getting all of this from Wikipedia, so uh, there might, I, I yeah. could have done a little bit more research on that, but I didn't. That's interesting. Like, but yeah, he thought um, it placed a lot of emphasis on Willy Wonka rather than Charlie, which I don't know if I quite buy because. You know, the first 45, yeah, yeah, 30 to 45 minutes of the movie is just Charlie and like, yeah, it's more Charlie, which is odd. And then the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, it's more on Willie. And apparently the, the, the person that rewrote it, David Seltzer, (laughs) ironically enough, he's the one that wrote the fizzy lifting drink scene. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Oh my God. Not ironicism, but whatever. And then apparently Slugworth was very much uh, his uh, addition. Yeah, and that was a cool reveal because it makes sense as to why he was on scene for everyone, and mm-hmm. it's just a good more. It was a good through line throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Like we got to pay off with that, and it was a test. Like throughout the whole movie, 
hey, Slugworth would like to get his hands on this. And then she's like crossing her fingers behind her back. There's also Grandpa falls into greed at the end. In that scary boat scene you were talking about, there's a shot of Slugworth in it as well. And I mean, yeah, and that's just the whole test of moral character. And like, I think when he invited, he knew that these tickets would get to five people. And I'm pretty sure he had an idea. Like, Charlie's probably the most likely to win it. But I still don't think he thought he would win. I think that's what's messed up with Willy Wonka. He, he thinks everyone's kind of greedy and out for themselves, but then he surprises him at the end there with that good deed, which is the whole movie. I think well, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the whole movie, it's time that we rate <laughs> this whole movie. So as you know, on this podcast, we like to rate our movies on four scales. So audience respect. Is it very pandering or is it very much just, this is a movie for anybody. If you're a kid, great. If you're an adult, great. Uh, plot, acting, and humor. We can rate everything on a scale from one to five. You can rate something zero if it's especially horrendous, or five if you love it. Any decimals are all good. And uh, because we have both of you here, Ryan and Jake, we're going to uh, be averaging your scores together just because math. Right. So do we? Well, we're averaging give all ours? of our schools scores together. So is but it yeah. one through five for each. Correct. Should we okay. each give one our own, or, the, or do we agree on one? Uh, you can each give your own. Okay. So let's first talk about audience respect. How do we feel that this was in terms of a children's movie? Was it for children? Was it for everybody? Jake? Uh, I'll say a solid three. Wow. Because, I mean, it is a kid's movie. So like when we're talking about, oh, it's really heavy-handed and it's really obvious. Well, like, granted, it's a rated G kid's movie, so mm-hmm. it kind of needs to be somewhat heavy-handed. But obviously... It does really emphasize it at some points, so I'll I'll guess I'll give it a three right down the middle. Cool, Ryan. I'll give it a four just because I think it has a mass appeal, I, like almost like uh, Tom Hanks. Like a lot of people love this movie. I, I haven't met a lot of people who don't like it, and even if they bring up certain elements like we talked about, they still like it. So I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, I I'm I agree. I agree with what you were saying, Jake, about kind of. The heavy handedness. I will say, as a kid, I again, I didn't really pick up on that. Uh, I think I'm going to give it just right in the middle of both of you a 3.5. Which is what we both averaged to, right? Yeah, that's good, good math, bud. Dude, <laughs> what is this? Kid flicks or math flicks? <laughs> um, let's talk about the plot. You want to go first on that? Okay, one? I'll go first. Um, so we, we talked five. about it at le- five? Oh, just out of five, right? Yes. Okay, uh, I'm going to give that a. This isn't a jab at the movie that's okay because the structure is a little it's not traditional it's kind of all over the place and like you were saying like my tv's within the last 10 minutes of the movie um so you have that climax literally in like five minutes i'm gonna give it a three because the i think the premise is strong but in terms of like plot it's very loose very vague and not at all that i don't think it's that great Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it a 4.5 I think I love the plot. I love the whole... It's very entertaining, even pre-Willy Wonka, of just the town, the hysteria, and the uh, the golden tickets. And then after Willy Wonka, how each person is like getting... But you know what's going to happen. One on one. But it's still... It's one of those things that's beautiful in its simplicity. I think... It's like that movie John Dies at the End. We all know it's going to happen. Yeah. I feel like the acting and the humor is what made it more interesting. I'm not and saying we'll I get to dislike that. those okay, okay, aspects. Okay. I'm just saying I also love the plot. I'll give it a 4.5. Yeah, I've, I'm thinking about it. I think I'm going to give it a 3.4 because um, I I, I kind of just – yeah, real specific, guys. But I think it just uh, – it dwells so much at the beginning. And I felt that we were getting – and I, I loved the sketches. We talked about that, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But – 
did it add to the movie? Did it kind of build a world that, sure, but we ditched that world 100% and then we right. never left it. Uh, it's like there's for a lot the of those Wonka in the beginning, factory. but not in the end. And then I definitely felt that it was kind of speeding up a little bit. So I loved it, but 3.4. Uh, let's talk acting. Um, so I'll, let's see. What do you Gene, think? Gene Wilder, I think, is like not his peak, but like one of his best performances, I think, of his career. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the kids were really good. Uh, I'll give it a 4.43 repeating. 4.4 and then put a little horizontal line above the three. (laughs) You got it. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I'm really close to that. Uh, I give that a four. I give that a 4.5 just because Gene Wilder's, I think that is his best performance next to like young Frankenstein, maybe. I think he's great in it. I mean, like he, it's one of the most memorable characters in all of movies because of him. And I think Veruca is really good. And even though the grandpa is an asshole, I think he's great. He does a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I'm giving just a solid four. Nice. Because I, I, again, I had a little bit more problems with some of the um, child actors, uh, actors in particular. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super sold on uh, Violet. Yeah. Like oh, she was kind of she bland. Was, she was fun. But yeah, like uh, looking at the synopsis on Wikipedia like her trait is she just chews gum like and she hates the other person who's not as good as I her. can't think of her name but it made me laugh every time that is true yeah she because yeah because we have um Veruca's selfish Augustus is gluttonous Mike is like TV and violence obsessed yeah so what's violet what, what is she's her? just also a little selfish she's I, a, I think she's also kind of neglected don't you think so I, th- I, I don't know no I think I don't. <laughs> she's a little I don't know well, let's let's wrap things up. Let's talk humor. Humor. Um, humor, I'm going to give a four because of all the, the bits I thought like landed. They, mm-hmm. they landed all, almost every time. And I think Gene Wilder hits this this area of comedy that is very rare in, in terms of like, it's not quite sarcasm, but it's just very, it's the m- utmost subtlety that only like Bill Murray and a few other people can hit. Uh, I'm gonna give the humor, I'd say a four point five ish. I mean, like I was saying, like I watched this whole movie with a smile on my face just now, and I was legitimately, genuinely laughing out loud at many points in the movie. So it definitely holds up, and it's a delightfully funny movie. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm on a very similar level. I'm gonna go with a three point seven. Um, so now do we multiply them all? And yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> do a magical little beep boop beep boop here. Okay, we crunched the numbers, and uh, so far, Willy Wonka is uh, has been the highest rated. We have a uh, rounding it up. We have a three point eight. Oh wow, that's very, the highest. Very yeah. respectful. I mean, I will say we've watched movies like in like Airbud Spikes Back. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I think that's two point one in comparison. That's a good score for this as an overall. Yeah, because yeah, I I I liked it. And I think it's hard sometimes with movies like this to rate humor because, like, typical kids' movies, they're very silly. And this is more well-rounded. Like, it is more of Mm -hmm. a film rather than just, like, ah, we made this for kids. And a range of humor, too, wouldn't you say? Like, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's, like... Stuff for everyone. There's some, like, physical humor, I guess, if you count, like, Augustus, like, getting shot through. And And his, his dive in the beginning is yeah intro. and then there's also like the monty python-esque sketches oh those are so good it, yeah it's there's a varied humor so i'm making a good amount of noise right now off the mic but 
Uh, as a last little treat, I thought it'd be fun. Uh, I stopped at 7-Eleven right before I came over here, and I bought uh, two different types of Wonka candy. Now, these don't have, like, the Wonka insignia on them, but what I got was I got uh, runts as well as uh, sweet tarts, soft and chewy ropes. So uh, if we all want to kind of try a little bit of all of them. I just tried a banana peel. This is the part of the show where people realize I'm an extremely oh. picky eater. Oh, boy. Oh, I found a golden ticket. <laughs> Ooh, the oh, runs. Jake's not a fan. The runs are interesting. Which the what flavor did you have? I have orange. You never had them. Hmm. You never had them? Not for years. Oh wow. I remember getting them. Oh wow. That yeah, was. Yeah, I, I tried to chew it, and I. Can't. I think you're supposed to chew them. I'm I think it's like a jawbreaker. Yeah. I'm just to get a. What's that? To get softer. <laughs> Ryan always waits for it to get softer. Yeah, this is the banana's not good. It's a kids show. Banana's not good. I think the citrusy ones. Are pretty solid. I feel like um, this is what Starburst would taste like if they were stale. Oh, not a fan did of you that. try the? Did you try the sweet tart rope? I can tell you, I don't like. That. <laughs> Here, come on, give it a little try. Give it a little try. This movie's kind of like candy, and that like it's fun and tastes good while you're eating it. But then when you like you look back on it in hindsight, there's like some stuff that's kind of messed up and like this probably not so too weird. good for you. Okay, so the sweet tart. Yeah, I was right. The sweet tart <laughs> like rope. It. The outside um, tastes and feels like um, those like pencil grippers that you get at the school store. <laughs> but the, it definitely feels like exactly one. like that. But then the inside, it, it's just like they crushed up a bunch of sweet tarts. It's a, yeah, that's a perfect analysis of this. <laughs> so borrowing a little bit from the much more popular <laughs> podcast, um, Doughboys. Doughboys. Um, they have a segment called Snack or Whack. If you were to label these as Snack or Whack, what would you call them? I actually like the, the I'm, runs. I'm whack with both of them. You're whack with I'm a, both. I'm a very picky eater. I remember. I He's just do, a whack guy. I also remember uh, after first watching Wonka as a kid, mm. I was so excited that there was real Wonka candy in the world. I remember I tried Nerds because my oh, brother yeah? was really into Nerds. Do you not I, like Nerds? I don't like oh, Nerds wow. at all. Well, you I don't had like Nerds, nerds ropes, huh? so I don't know if there's a big difference, but no, I did not like Nerds. Oh, the, that one's good. Oh, I just ate them both together, and that was kind of nice. I actually like. I like the runs, so I'm gonna say, what is it? Whack? Snack. No, no, whack is bad. Well, we can do one. Snack on them. <laughs> we can do one that's better for the movie. Like, is it? Is it Wonka or Slugworth? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, this is Slugworthy. Of there my you taste. go. The, you should. Uh, I recommend the green ones. I think it's mm. apple. It's very good. They're well, wait, nice. I'll, I'll try a cherry one. Hey, I don't there's want no here. There's no cherry. No cherry. No oh, cherry. God. What are they? Cherry on, guys. Cherry on white. <laughs> We're all at Temple University. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, location. Uh, but anyway, uh, any last thoughts on the movie, guys? Jake? I, I, I still love it. It held up very well to me. And uh, Was it at all a little worse? Ryan spilled all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I just uh, dropped a banana. <laughs> I don't think so. No. I, if anything, it was a little better because I didn't remember any of those sketches in the beginning. Yeah, I felt that because um, Ryan, uh, Ryan and Jake sent me just kind of a torrent of it because I, <laughs> I didn't have time to go to the um, But we bought library. it, officer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, was, I, that was a classic slugs word. But I definitely felt like it, it had been long enough and like I guess I had changed enough as like a person that I thought I was watching like a completely new movie until right. the uh, factory. Then everything was the same. Yeah. Yeah, the factory was the same. And that last line for some reason hit me more. Not the last line, but... The, the office scene hit me more than yeah. than when I was younger, I think, which is cool. I think I, I don't know. I think it was nice to see Gene Wilder after you know he passed away a few months ago. Like mm-hmm. just to see I, how amazing yeah, I, he was. I still got chills when he sang "Pure Imagination." I think it's a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. 
It, it's yeah. I, mean, I think it's it's just a. It's That's a also delight. like the song that feel that felt the most natural and still not that natural in the movie. Cause like I feel like this didn't need to be a musical movie. True. Uh, it doesn't really earn. I'll say it much felt really it. natural because that's like our first big glimpse of the factory. It's like the whimsical feeling. Well, that's why I said out of all the songs, that one. What about Candyman though? Candyman's pretty great. Okay. Do all those kids have like a tab at the candy <laughs> shop? Because <laughs> this must. guy's singing. Uh, wait, they actually legitimately. <laughs> he has library roller. He has library <laughs> shelves all over the place. And then Charlie walks in for one like dumb looking bar and he's like mm-hmm, that'll yeah, be a like quid they legitimately might be or maybe there's like a rich kid discount and also pretty sure when he finds the coin and he goes back in he gets something he just comes back he's like i want one more he doesn't hand him another coin or anything he just gets he another does chocolate bar does he another mm-hmm. another second coin well he got he got a bit of change from did he get change i remember tiny. he delivers four papers <laughs> he is a paper rope he's a paper man and he got bread oh wait also last thing i need to say this um in the science class, they made um, wart remover. <laughs> and it's just that white explosion. Yeah, right? and they were like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that must have been an issue. <laughs> that science class is just great. Everything about that science. Oh, my yeah. God. It's just the classic oh, yeah, chalkboard. Have, oh, that teacher's a dick when they're like later. It's like, all right, how many candies did you buy? How many bars two. did you buy? Two. All right, 200. 200. Great. No, two. Yeah, Why two's... would you buy two? I can't do two in it's a like, percentage. Do they I'm not see all like the fucking fleas jumping out of Charlie's hair? Yeah, like <laughs> they're like, take your bath. It's time to go to one. Asshole. There's so many asshole moments. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, I think that's our thoughts on it. Yeah, that's so that was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 classic. Guys, Jake, Ryan, thank you so much. You're welcome for coming. Uh, would you guys like to plug anything? Obviously, your podcast, Movie Goers Podcast. It's on iTunes and on YouTube. Uh, Wait, it's on YouTube? Yeah, we put it on both. Is uh, it a video or it's just the audio? A few of them have video. We're very inconsistent with that. Cool. Um, sometimes we attempt live and it does not work at all. So I'm still yeah, I tried to call in and you did not. <laughs> you, ha- you hung up on Ross. So. That's the show. <laughs> uh, I would like to plug, I guess, my YouTube channel, which is just Jake Siegelbaum, S-E-G-E-L-B-A-U-M. I, no, that's I, speaking of inconsistency, I post almost every couple months. Sometimes I'll post like a couple in like a few weeks, but I don't know. Just subscribe. And no, but we're going to have Ross on the podcast. That's so, right. We're yeah, recording that directly that. after this. Also, thank you guys so much for letting me use your equipment. We'll cut out. Before. <laughs> it's a, no problem. What? No, no. Sure. Here, I need to wrap up. Oh, okay. Too. Wrap up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, it's no problem. Ryan, Ryan <laughs> just is thanking each Ryan other over the phone. tapping his foot. But anyway, um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Wiseman, M I S T E R W E I S M A N, and you can follow this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at KidFlixPod. If you have a question, or you have a suggestion for a movie, please email us at KidFlixPod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening and stream carefully.